Welcome to Ask BBB, a weekly program produced by the Better Business Bureau serving Western Ontario. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Monica Braz. Monica is the Director of Marketing and Strategic Initiatives with BBB Serving Western Ontario. And Ask BBB brings you information from and about accredited businesses so that as a consumer, you're better informed about the goods and services you purchase or contract. Later this morning, we'll look at how important it is for small businesses to have a social media presence. BBB has ideas on how to make sure your business stands out. And we'll be joined later by Wilda Thomas of Creative Art and Framing. And among other things, we'll look at how art can help a charity and the impact that COVID restraints have had on all of this. Today, we're talking about gems and sparkles, and nothing brings a sparkle like jewelry. Our first guest this morning is Colin Nash of Nash Jewelers. Welcome to Ask BBB, Colin. Thank you, Monica, and thank you, Jim. Colin, so we know that jewelry is always appreciated as the gift of choice. So is there something in jewelry that's different, that's trending right now, and that people are specifically looking for? This time of the year, it really is anything and everything, but the two staples are still going to be diamonds and watches. Those are the two things that are really the engines behind our business right now. Speaking of diamonds, uh, your grandfather started a, a program called Grow Your Diamond. Is that still something that you do at, at Nash's? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, it's relevant today too. 1929 was when he uh, came up with that idea, when he was needing to get people back into the store during the depression, and we continue it today. You get exactly what you paid back as long as you're doubling the value. And then we take the existing ones and put them into the estate. So the next purchaser gets a, a, a very uh, reduced price on, on the purchase of, of that pair of studs as well, or diamond, yeah. So if a couple's been together for a long time and they've grown their diamonds and so on, uh, they have quite a collection. What are some of the suggestions that uh, you might have uh, for a jewelry, to add to a jewelry collection? Yeah, there's five things that I think have to be, not have to be, but are, are recommended to be part of any wardrobe. Uh, diamond ring, a lot, a lot of times that's the engagement ring. Diamond pendant, diamond earrings, and then a pearl necklace and pearl earrings. So those are what they, they say are the five staples of every jewelry wardrobe. Outside of that, you can get into birthstones and watches and more unique one-of-a-kind pieces or estate pieces are always a fun one too. Okay, so I love that. It gives everybody a list that they can go down and check if they have. But when you think about you know jewelry, predominantly we think about women. What about men? What would be some great suggestions for them to have as maybe a list of things that they would like to have for jewelry? <laughs> Aside from a wedding band, <laughs> which we commonly <laughs> replace for guys because they lose them. Um, watches. Watches are just an incredible part of our business now. And I, I remember back in 2006, we were pretty much completely out of watches. And then we added Rolex and Tag Heuer. And now we just added Tudor, which is Rolex's little brother. So those are always great. The other thing you might not think about would be things like scotch glasses, uh, decanters, mm. wine glasses. Um, those are a lot of fun. We can get them engraved. They come out of England by a company called Waterford, a very recognized name. It takes a little bit of time, especially with COVID right now, but, uh, but that's another great gift idea for guys. What kind of sure. impact has uh, the digital watch world had on watches? You mentioned Rolex and, and a couple of other uh, traditional brands that are time pieces. So um, do people just wear those in the evening or, or uh, what's the impact? Yeah, not that there's much of an evening life right now either, but <laughs> you know, it's funny when the Apple watch came out, I was a little bit fearful and, and all these other digital watches that came out, they have done nothing but increase sales of the traditional watch. 
I think it's given a more of a respect to the artisanship of watchmaking, especially the automatic watch world where your body motion runs the watch itself. The intricacies of these watches are incredible. And I really think people respect them and therefore are buying them and wearing them, um, not just as luxury goods, but also as daily wardrobe attire. So to match up with jackets or even shoes and whatnot. I understand that there are some people who collect uh, watches and timepieces as well. Uh, yes. So so some of the older watches um, might be quite desirable then. Incredible. You, you wouldn't believe the value of some of these watches. I'll give an example. A Paul Newman Daytona, which uh, back, back then would be a few hundred bucks. It's a Rolex. And in 1967, today they're selling an auction for 300,000, 400,000, 500,000. It's incredible. We always recommend people keep the original papers and boxes and everything because just in case that watch does become part of a vintage collection, which you don't really know when you first buy it, it's sort of, you know, as the years go on, it dictates what's going to be valuable and what's not. So, okay, if we're wanting to take care of things, how do we maintain and protect our jewelry, whether it's rings or watches? Um, how, how can we make sure that we keep them safe? Good question. Uh, I'll start with the home. I, I never recommend putting everything in one spot. I know it seems kind of odd, but if you are going to get things robbed from your house, then the, the, you don't want them to find it all in one spot, which is normally what happens. Uh, in terms of wear and tear, I recommend twice a year minimum having it checked and cleaned by a professional gemologist. So we do that at no charge, whether it was bought from our store or not. That way we keep an eye on it, make sure that you're wearing it properly. If we're noticing things that are going south, so to speak, then we can maybe make some recommendations on how to wear it differently. Um, and then the last thing would be keeping it away from chemicals. Uh, chemicals are nasty things. There are certain products that are built to go in hot tubs and and deep sea diving and uh, and things like that. But then there's things like pearls and opals and amylite that should have nothing to do with any chemicals whatsoever. You you are known for buying and selling estate jewelry. Uh, can estate jewelry can it be updated? To Yes, we can definitely recreate. We can use the metal, uh, melt the metal down. I don't usually recommend that because the more you melt a metal and, and cool it back into a solid, it gets what we call pits or porosity through it. So we can always take the metal in trade and recycle the diamonds and build them into something that might be more modern or relevant for uh, that person's lifestyle. The other thing that does apply to that too is we do take items in trade and we also take them on consignment, meaning we're going to sell them for you which gets you a much higher value than, say, selling it in the scrap world or the, or the pawn shop world. Colin, have you had to make adjustments to accommodate the COVID protocols? We limit our store to four separate groups of people at any given time, um, which is actually a pretty decent amount. We have a big open space here, though. We have 4,800 square feet, so we're able to do that. Um, the other good thing about moving to appointment only is we know who's coming in, when they're coming in, and what they're looking for. So not only is it more efficient for staffing, but it's also a better experience for the client. So that's why we're really pushing the appointments during COVID. I don't want to have to tell somebody to wait in their car for 10, 15 minutes while we wait for that next customer to leave so that we have the allowable space during COVID regulations and only. Well, with um, the end of December coming up fairly quickly, I guess we want to make those appointments. Uh, what would the delivery time be on, on items then uh, in time for Christmas, Colin? Well, we have stocked up uh, now. So a majority of our inventory is now in or being processed. In terms of having something made, early, early December is usually when our goldsmiths and our manufacturers are saying, enough, we can't do any more before Christmas. 
Colin, thank you very much for sharing some time and some insight uh, with us as we approach the gift-giving season. It's been great to be able to chat with you. Thanks, Colin. It's been a pleasure, Jim, and thank you, Monica. I I appreciate it, both of you, and stay healthy and have a wonderful season. Our guest has been Colin Nash of Nash Jewelers. Nash Jewelers is an accredited business with the Better Business Bureau with an A-plus rating. And in fact, Nash Jewelers supported the Better Business Bureau in its beginning in 1983 and has maintained an A-plus rating through all of those years. Coming up after the break, how art can change your outlook. Welcome back to Ask BBB. Ask BBB features owners and managers of accredited businesses who provide useful information about goods and services so that consumers are better informed. I'm Jim Swan with co-host Monica Braz, the Director of Marketing and Strategic Initiatives with BBB Serving Western Ontario. As winter comes, December is a time when we need ways to brighten our surroundings. One way to do that is with art, or perhaps framed memorabilia. Wilda Thomas of Creative Art and Frame has been helping people enhance their home and business surroundings since 1987. And it's a pleasure to welcome her to the program today. Good morning, Wilda. Good morning, Monica. So, Wilda, okay, we're all trapped in our homes, looking at blank walls, wanting to do some decor updates. So let's talk a little bit about the effect at first that art pieces or framed memorabilia can have on us in our home and in our workspace? Well, I think the important thing, Monica, is that there's a lot of negative stuff that we're hearing on the news all the time about what's going on. So I really believe that it's important that as we nest, that our environments are important to us, that um, they look great, that they mean something to us. So whether it's a picture of your family or whether it's a Uh, a great new piece of fine art, or whether it's just something that makes you laugh when you look at it on the walls. I mean, it's all important stuff right now. I know, Wilda, that you go through a process with commercial uh, people to help them reflect their image on the walls so that when people walk in, they kind of get an idea of the company. Do you do that for people on a personal level as well and help them direct them to art or artists who might reflect uh, how they feel or think? I work, um, for many years, uh, I've worked with a lot of interior designers, and my undergrad degree is in interior design myself. So if you are looking at creating sort of a certain feel for a space, then I can certainly help you, uh, direct you towards artwork, both um, reproductions and original art that you can have framed that will tie into the space that you want to create. And the other thing that's important, too, with so many people working from home, Um, A lot of people may have their degrees and their credentials stuck away in their bottom drawer. Well, now, if you're on Zoom calls all the time, I think that it's important to have that type of thing reflected on your Zoom call. That's a great idea. Also, we were talking a little bit about friends and family that are maybe in long-term care homes, and you had some really great suggestions and work that you've done in that area. Do you want to talk a little bit about how, um, you know, art for friends and family that are maybe in that situation can make a big difference? It's really challenging for so many people now who have their loved ones in, uh, especially in nursing homes where there's very limited access. And it's not only challenging for those of us who are out in the community, but it's especially challenging for those those folks that are in those long-term situations. If you can frame up pictures really nicely that can be hung on the wall in that space of their of maybe life when they were young when things were really when they were happy their wedding pictures their 
uh, pictures of their grandchildren so that they know that even though they are not seeing people face to face, that people are still thinking about them. Okay, so let's talk a little bit then about, you know, process, timelines, um, you know, how people go about choosing, for example, the right frame to, to supplement or to enhance their art or their photos. And then what does that time period take? So if we wanted to get something framed, how quickly is that turnaround time? And when do people need to start thinking about it if they're trying to get things done for certain dates? Uh, well, typically we look at about sort of uh, two to three weeks is our typical time. But now on the 5th of December, we can certainly still do pieces up for you for Christmas if you move quickly. Uh, but typically what we're looking at is we're looking at two to three weeks to get something uh, custom framed the way that you want it. This may give some people some ideas. So uh, perhaps would a gift certificate uh, be an idea that then you can choose the kinds of things you might want to have framed and and then it's a gift that uh, brightens things up in the new year. Well, absolutely. There's no question about that because I can issue gift certificates uh, for any date that you want. And the great thing about gift certificates as well is that you can just contact me by either email or by phone and I can um, send you a gift certificate so that you don't, you don't have to come out from wherever you are. All you need to do is have that credit card handy, Jim. So let's talk about um, in preparation for framing something. Are there any particular things that people need to think about or questions that customers frequently ask that you can help them um, before coming in to make their selection? Well, one of the things that's really helpful for me is if they can bring in a few photographs of where you're going to put the piece, then I get a sense of what what is your your design style so whether it's contemporary whether it's more traditional what whatever it is the other thing that's also helpful is if you are redecorating and you're looking for a decorative piece then a great thing to do is to bring in any color samples that you have if you're looking at a reproduction there's hundreds of thousands to choose from so if you want a picture that matches your chesterfield then you can you can absolutely have that and it will look great um, so yes, color swatches are good, uh, pictures of the space are good, pictures of, of other things that are in the room that you want to coordinate with. Well, we know that there are probably lots and lots of questions out there right now. Uh, and speaking of that, do you still offer that e-booklet with the, the frequently asked questions about art, hanging art, and, and uh, the process? Absolutely, I do, Jim. Yes, you can go on my uh, website, creativeartandframe.com, and you can just download that for free. Because one of the questions that I get asked still very frequently is, how high should I hang pictures? Is there sort of a general rule? And that covers off all of that sort of information. Plus, it also covers off information about framing, about different types of glass, different types of mats, different types of frames, so that if you want to have a bit of knowledge before you come in in terms of, you know, sort of ideas about what you're looking for. You can certainly download that booklet and, and take a look through it. Wilda, thank you very much for your time here this morning. My pleasure, Jim. Always send Monica. Wilda Thomas is the owner of Creative Art and Frame, an accredited business with the Better Business Bureau with an A-plus rating. Search the BBB directory under Custom Framing, and you'll find full information and links to the website and social media pages. And you'll also be able to download that free e-booklet with answers to many of those framing questions. 
Having a social media presence is important for businesses. That's the topic when we return. Welcome back to this final segment of Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan. I'm here with Monica Braz, who is the Director of Marketing and Strategic Initiatives for BBB Serving Western Ontario. And on this part of the program, we focus on the BBB website and information that you might find there. Today, we want to zero in on small businesses and social media. During these times, we are spending more time on social media channels, and this can be a great opportunity for small businesses to build their awareness and engage with customers in a new and still very meaningful way. Under the latest news section on the BBB website is an article that actually outlines the importance of social media presence, especially for small businesses, along with the steps that you can take to create an effective presence. So, Monica, why is why is this important? Well, according to Hootsuite, and we'll talk a little bit more about Hootsuite later on in this segment, um, 65% of the entire population of Canada are active on social media. So that's 23 million Canadians. And that trend is continuing as more and more people are moving online, especially as a result of this pandemic. Mm-hmm. So if a small business owner wants to reach their client base or potential new customers, they should consider having a presence on social media. What are we talking about when we when we say social media? Well, what we're talking about are various channels, including Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. And you can also consider LinkedIn and YouTube as well. Those are all social media platforms where you can build a following of customers and share content and information with them about your business. So a lot of businesses are on at least one or two of those platforms now. True. And the question is, are you using it effectively? Information in the article on BBB.org points to five easy steps to get started using social media for your business. Okay. Can you just give us a thumbnail of those five steps, Monica? Sure. The first thing to consider is your goals. So create goals. Know what you want to achieve besides just giving a shout out about your business. For example, are you wanting to build brand awareness? Are you driving traffic to your website? Are you wanting to maybe engage and have sales directly from social media platforms onto your website? Your goals will reflect your business aims and objectives. Then consider your audience and figure out which platform will reach the people most interested in your products or services and then tailor your message to connect with them. So for example, especially at this time, Instagram is a very good channel, especially for small businesses these days and purchasing directly through Instagram onto your website is something that is available. So once you set up your page or channel, stay committed to it, keep it updated. You need to post consistently and also respond to comments or questions that consumers have. So it is a big commitment then. Definitely. It's, we suggest that you do up a calendar where you can visualize the time that you want to devote to it and then just keep things consistent. The messages you send out should really support your strategy and what you're trying to accomplish or communicate with your clients. You said five steps in this uh, program, so I've counted four. Create goals, know your audience, stay committed, create a calendar. Um, So what's step five, Monica? Is listen. Listen to your audience. So according to Hootsuite, social listening allows brands to track, analyze, and respond to the conversations that people are having about them on social media. So you can monitor your channels and also those of maybe your competitors. See what people are saying about your products and your brands. So you said you'd tell us more about Hootsuite. Uh, What is Hootsuite? 
Hootsuite is a social media management company and they provide a lot of content and actually there's a lot of tutorials on their website that really help you set up um, some of your social media accounts or even as you're thinking about being online and some of the strategies that can help you with your online presence, they are available and give free information on their site. If you search the BBB directory under digital marketing, you'll also find firms in our region that can help you as well and that can support you with your local needs. So you want to go to BBB.org and start there then? Absolutely. Thanks, Monica. And uh, now it's time for our closing reminders. So you can contact us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at BBBWesternONT. And if you have a question or you would like a guest suggestion on our channel, tweet us at hashtag AskBBB. And if you're interested in becoming a BBB accredited business, visit us online at BBB.org and become part of one of the largest networks in North America. And thanks for listening this morning. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Monica Brass. Remember, ask BBB. And start with trust.